Hey, welcome to Cross Creek On Demand. We are so glad you are here. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor. We created Cross Creek to be a church for people who don't normally go to church. And so we've designed our Sunday environment, including our online environment, to be a safe place where people can discover God's love for them. We would love to connect with you when you are ready. Go ahead and scroll down and you can click ask a question, ask for prayer. Maybe you could find out how you could get here on a Sunday evening to join us live. But we would love just to be a part of your journey in discovering God's love. When you're ready, we would love to see you in person. Until then, why don't you go ahead and click subscribe so you can be updated on Cross Creek's most recent messages. Thanks for joining us. Well, again, welcome to Cross Creek. Good to see those of you who snuck in during the music. We love that you are here. My name is John. I'm the lead pastor. And if you're watching online, thank you so much for joining us whenever and wherever you are. Just know that we are Grateful that we get to be a part of whatever day today is for you. Hey, a uh, couple of things. Cross Creek is a church um, for people who don't normally go to church. That is like our lifeblood. That is the thing we, we just eat, sleep, breathe. A church for people who don't normally go to church. And with that comes, you know, if you don't normally go to church and you come to church, there's a reason, right? There's questions you're asking. Uh, somebody invited you, and you're like, hey, this is different, this is weird. There's questions. We want to help be a part of the conversation. Um, so we decided the best way to do that, maybe not have a question-answer time every week, but we want you to be able to ask any question you have or share any thoughts you have about what we talk about, or about Jesus or God. And so the best way we could do that is in a card, a little card that you see in front of you. It says, connect. And on that card, there's a little box at the bottom that says, I have a so what about question. You mark that little box, and on the back, you can write any question you have, and after the service, you can go to the info table in the lobby and give that card to the person standing at the table, and they won't answer it for you right then, because that could be awkward, but we will get back to you this week with an email, maybe furthering the conversation. Now, part of being a church where people don't normally go to church uh, is that we are not just for us. Right? We're not just a church for church people where we get to sing songs about God and pat each other on the back and say, how you doing, brother? Right? That type of thing. We want to be for our community. In fact, we believe God is for Salem. He's not against Salem. He's not against your neighbors. He is for them. He is for their life. He is for uh, their children. He is for Salem. And so uh, we are in the middle, we're at the very beginning actually, of a financial campaign. Don't leave yet. Don't turn off the computer yet. So we're in the middle of a financial campaign to actually regravel and expand our parking lot. And I think this is an important thing for a church that for people don't normally go to church because you need a safe place to park, right? When you come to a church, when you're kind of nervous about coming into a church. And so uh, I had a crazy thing happen to me when I came here this afternoon. I usually get here a little bit early and go over things, make sure everything's set up. And I usually park out in the field so that our guests, you know, have more places to park on the gravel. And so I'm, I'm parking in the field, and I'm smelling a little something weird. And I knew I had just showered, so it wasn't me. I'm like, it kind of smells like smoke. What, what is that? Did, it was a very weird, smoky smell. You ever smell fresh grass when it starts smoldering? That's what was happening underneath my car because we didn't have a large enough parking lot for everyone to park in gravel. So the, my, the grass underneath my car was smoking, so I moved it. And we didn't, like, we didn't light the field on fire because it's still early in the summer. But if that had happened maybe three weeks from now, when that whole field's going to be brown, all of Salem would have seen our smoke signal to come to church. 
it would have been great. So we need to expand this parking lot so more people can discover God's love. But like I said, we're not just for ourselves. We are for Salem. And so with this financial campaign, we need to raise $10,000 to regravel and expand this parking lot. And lots of you have already contributed to that, and thank you so much. We are just basically every day taking a step closer and closer and closer to our goal. But we're actually trying to raise $15,000. So we want one-third of everything we raise, trying to raise $15,000. We want $5,000 to go to an organization called Every Child. Every Child is an organization that works with foster kids and foster families. It really helps them um, through probably one of the most difficult things I can imagine, you know, being pulled out of a, maybe an unhealthy home for whatever reason than being put with strangers. Every child walks the kids through this process and is with them throughout their entire time in foster care. And so we want to give also to that, um, that effort. We don't want to just be for ourselves. So one-third of everything we, we gain for um, this project is going to go to every child. And so with being for Salem, we have a for Salem challenge every month. If you didn't know, we're in a new month called June. And so our challenge for June, we were thinking and thinking, what could we do? What, what can we do to, to be for Salem, to be, you know, maybe for this every child thing and the financial campaign and all that? So our for Salem challenge for June is about our safe spaces campaign. And we're going to ask you to do uh, either one of three things, two of three things, or three of three things. It's your, it's your combo meal. You can do whatever you want with this, okay? But first of all, we're asking that you pray. Maybe you're not even sure there is a God. That's okay. <laughs> we're still asking you to pray that this Safe Spaces campaign raises the $15,000 that we're trying to raise, that um, we can give $5,000 to every, the every child organization. So first step, pray. Pray that it's successful. The next one is share. On your social media, please share what we are doing with the Safe Spaces campaign. We've done a few posts. I did a video. We're going to keep doing a post probably every week. When you see that post, first of all, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Your, it's your Cross Creek. Uh, how do, I don't know. Just type in Cross Creek Community Church. You'll see us. So go on Facebook, do that. And then when we post, like it, or even better, put a heart on it, and then share it. And just say, hey, this is, this is the church that you know, I've, I've gone to once, and they're doing this great thing. Maybe you could be a part of it. Just share it. We've already had people give to Safe Spaces that have never stepped foot in this building. We've actually had people give to Safe Spaces who have never stepped foot in Salem because of social media, and they get to be a part of reaching Salem, a city they've never even been to. That's awesome. And so that's, that's the second thing you could do. The third thing you could do is contribute. If you haven't yet, maybe think about, pray about how you can be a part of this this project, how you can be a part of making a safe place for people to come and discover God's love. If you, if you contribute to this campaign, I don't think I'm overselling it, if you contribute to this, every person who drives in and parks in this parking lot, you have a part in their story. If you contribute, you have a part in them actually coming and hearing how much God loves them. So if you could think about, pray about doing those three things for June, that's our four Salem challenge for June, that would be great. So Thanks for, again, listening to that spiel. And you see these uh, different levels of partnership that we're looking for? I have a secret for you. You could be like three of those levels if you wanted to. Or you're like, you know, I felt comfortable with, with $50. You could be like three of those $50 partners if you felt like it. I'm just, just letting you know that's okay. Anyway, hey, uh, we are in our 
in the middle of our teaching series called Now, because we really believe that, honestly, something you might not have heard in church is that God wants you to be happy. God wants you to be happy. He doesn't just want your money. He doesn't just want your time. He doesn't just want you to, to feel guilty and feel bad about you know, how much of a sinner you are. God actually wants you to be happy, meaning he wants you to be content. He wants you to be, to be joyful. He wants you to be at peace. He wants you to have a fulfilled life. He wants you to live with purpose. He wants you to actually have life-giving relationships. God wants you to be happy. In any situation, your life might be totally messed up, but God actually says you can be happy even some of the worst, the worst situations you can think of. You can still be content. You can still be at peace. You can still find joy through God. See, the reason we're doing this series, the reason I think this series is so important is because there's so many things that try to rob us of our now, of enjoying our life now, that try to rob us of our happiness now. Last week we talked about uh, probably one of the strongest things that robs us, one of the strongest thieves of our happiness, is our past. Guilt and shame that just taints everything that we, we, we try to enjoy now, we just still have that guilt hanging on to us. And if, if that's something that you're, you're wrestling with, you're still kind of dealing with, I highly recommend you watch. Uh, you go on, online at yourcrossstreet.com and watch last week's message talking about the past and guilt and how we can actually let that go and how guilt really, how we defined guilt, that nagging, you're evil, you're horrible type of guilt, that's not from God. That's actually a lie and how you can, how you can overcome that lie. Well, today we're going to talk about maybe one of the uh, most subtle but pervasive thieves of our happiness, one of the biggest thieves of our now, and it's actually our daily life, our distractions. One of the biggest thieves of our now is what we choose to do right now, the things that, that steal our attention right now. And this happens, I think, and it's so, so common because we don't actually know what makes us happy? Who do you think you are? You don't, you don't know me. I know what. We really don't usually know what makes us happy. We think we do. We think we know what makes us happy, right? Well, I want this right now. I want this right now. I want, I want to have that. Or, you know, what can I do? Oh, yeah, this sounds fun. Or maybe if I, you know, th- this will at least make the time go by faster, right? See, what we want now it's not always what makes us happy now. We don't always know what we, what we really want, what will really make us happy. Because what we, what we tend to want right now, just right in this, just to satisfy whatever's going on right now, isn't usually what will ultimately make us happy, will make us actually enjoy our now. It'll actually ruin our now. It'll distract us from our, our now. We will miss all of life by just going with what makes us, what we think makes us happy. We miss out on what God might, might show us, might want to show us, or might want to do through us, might miss out on a purpose he has for our lives. So like, I was thinking through this, and you know, it's, it's good to not just tell everybody how evil they are when you're a pastor and how much of a sinner they are. You kind of have to own it yourself, too. That's a little tip for you future pastors. So I was thinking about you know, how I let things ruin my now, how I let like, current distractions ruin my now. And I think for me, one of, the, one of the ones, and maybe you've dealt with this, I don't know, is my phone. 
right? In fact, I actually took it out of my pocket and I put it on my seat so I'm not fiddling with it because it's, it's like the security blanket to have my phone in my pocket, right? You know that, you know that feeling. Sometimes you feel it vibrate even though it's not even in your pocket just because it's like that phantom, oh, my phone's going, right? And so uh, I was kind of putting this message together on Wednesday, today's Sunday if you're watching online. I don't know what day it is for you. But I, I, I swiped this, this way for me, that way for you on my phone and it told me my, my usage for the week. So on Wednesday, for the last seven days, I had averaged two hours and 39 minutes on my phone a day. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Hypocrite. <laughs> Two hours and 39 minutes. And the good news is that's down 7% from last week. Yeah, I'm doing great. Two hours and 39 minutes is my daily average for my phone. And I did the math on a calculator, and that's a that's a weekly total of 18 hours and 35 minutes in a week staring at this little screen. Think about what, I could, what could I have done with that time? 18 hours a week? This message would have been a lot better if I spent some of it prepping, <laughs> right? I mean, just think about it. What could I have done with 18 and a half hours? I mean, I, I think back, and how many times has my wife said, and I barely hear her because I'm, you know, right here. You know your, your kid's talking to you, right? And they're like screaming and yelling, I'm like, somebody shut them up, but they're calling my name. <laughs> because I'm distracted with what I think will make me happy right now. I'm, I'm actually stealing time from the four people I love the most. The four people that actually bring me the most happiness now, I'm, I'm giving that up to stare at a screen to stare at something that doesn't matter. That's crazy, because what, I think, you know, checking my phone will make me happy right then. I think, you know, seeing, oh, they bought a new dog will make me happier than playing with my kid. And whether it's phones, or TV, or some kind of games, or hobbies, maybe work, maybe even deadlines, Maybe your yard, if you're an Oregonian and it's now sunny. What we think we want now really is always competing with what, we, with what will actually make us happy now. What we think we want now, and it's not always a thought process, what we think will make us happy right now is actually competing with what really will make us happy now. And there's nothing wrong with those. There's nothing wrong with having a phone and, you know, checking on social media or watching TV or having a hobby. There's nothing wrong with that. But when those things consistently win, when they are your consistent, uh, everything else in your life loses to those things, we miss out on what life could be. What life could be right now, the happiness we could have right now. And, you know, it's it's not really something new. Yeah, I used technology as a lot of my examples, but it's really not anything new. It's almost human nature to choose distractions over what we could experience right now. I mean, we've, we've all judged pictures like this, right? Think of the conversations they could be having, but instead, they're staring at their phones. Right? Instead, they're watching a cat video. Right? But before you judge kids these days, you guys did it too right? That family could actually be playing together. 
They could be talking to each other. They could be reading a dictionary together and learning new words. Doesn't that sound great? But again, it's not just them. Oh, there was the radio that you could just sit around and listen to and distract yourself with, right? Yeah, but they're, they're listening to music. They aren't doing anything, are they? Just kind of wasting their hour listening to whatever they're listening to. But it goes further back than that, guys. Look. All those people have their faces stuck in the old iPhone, the newspaper. <laughs> Anything they read there, and we'll talk about this later too, they're not going to change the world by reading all that news, are they? But they might have been able to change somebody's world by maybe turning and talking to them, telling them not to step right behind that horse. But it goes even further back. See? There's always been something just to sit around and stare at and waste our times with. You ever sat around a campfire and not talk to somebody? Yeah. See, it, it, it's in our DNA, wherever you think our DNA comes from. Right? It's just in us to, to want to have a distraction and not really have to deal, deal with or pay attention to what we could experience right now, I mean, but it's, it's just in us. It's not like we wake up every morning saying, hey, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to waste almost three hours of my day doing nothing, and it's going to be everything I hoped it would be, right? We don't do that. It's not even a thought process, right? Well, I could talk to my kid, or I could look at my phone. I choose my... We don't do that. We don't think through it. That is what we do, right? It's just something we let happen, something we actually, like, get sucked into, and feel like, no, I'm not like you. Think about the last time you went to the doctor's office. Did you strike up a conversation with the person next to you or did you grab a phone or a magazine? Good for you if you talk to somebody, you're weird. And they thought you were weird because you weren't looking at your phone or your magazine, right? That's our go-to thing, that's what we do. It's, it's in us, like my kids have it. If I'm trying to get my son out the door to go to school and my other kid who doesn't go to school, my other kids, I have three, who doesn't go to school, turns on the TV, this is my oldest. He's walking out the door. This is, I'm not exaggerating, okay? And he's a smart dude. I'm not making fun of him. But he's walking out the door to go to school. TV goes on. It's my little pony. He doesn't care, but he just, it just sucks you in, right? It's, there, there's something in us that just wants to be distracted, and it, like I said, if these distractions consistently win, you'll look up one day and you'll realize you've missed out on actually having a life. Now, there is a solution to all of this. And the solution actually might surprise you because usually what you hear and what you see on social media is put down the phone and get off of social media, right? Just, just put it down or you know, just turn off the TV. But that's not really a solution because, as we saw, we'll always find something to distract us, whether it's technology or not. So just, just stopping it, it doesn't do anything, right? Because it's human nature to want to be distracted. If we truly want to enjoy now, if we really want to be happy now, we have to understand that a happy life is a wise life. A happy wife, life <laughs> is a wise life. Now, a happy life is a happy wife. That's for a different message. But that's true, too. And so Paul explains this idea of a happy life being a wise life 
in what we call the book of Ephesians. It's really just an ancient letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a group of Jesus followers in the ancient city of Ephesus. And, and in this letter that we're going to look at, he's explaining what it means, and he calls it what it means to walk in the way of love. Basically, to follow Jesus' one command, to love each other. Right? He's, he's explaining, he's, he's answering the question, what does love look like? And that's what he's doing in this passage we're going to look at. And, and in the middle of his explanation, I think there's something for all of us, whether, we're, whether we'd call ourselves Jesus followers or not, whether we, consist, whether, whether we regularly come to Cross Creek or we're watching online regularly or whatever, it's our first time or anything. I think there's something in here for all of us. He, he talks about how we can truly live and truly enjoy now. And like I said, it's in what we call the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. And we're going to start at chapter 5, verse 15. If you brought a Bible, you can turn there. If you didn't, it'll be on the screen for you. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse, starting at verse 15. Let's see what he says about how we can actually get rid of these distractions and enjoy our now. He starts off with this. So be careful how you live. And we're going to stop right there. It's going to be a long night tonight. So be careful how you live. Be careful. Think about it. Pay attention to what you choose to do with your life. Actually, take a minute, because we rarely do this, even 2,000 years ago when he wrote this, we rarely just take a minute and think about our life. Think about how we, how we, what we choose to do and why we choose to do it. And in this, he, as he's saying, hey, think about what you do with your life, right? Be careful how you live. He's going to give us three contrasts, saying basically, hey, here's what we usually do. This is a better way to go. This will help you enjoy your now. This will eliminate that, that distraction thing that's ruining what the life you could have now. So he gives us three contrasts. And the first contrast is finishing this, this thought. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So his first contrast is either being foolish or being wise. See, a fool says, you know, what I do, it doesn't really matter. I just kind of do what I feel like doing. There's, there's really no difference. I just, I just live life, the, you know, what, what feels good, that's what I'm going to do in the moment. There's really, really no reason or point to my life. Fools waste their lives. Right? If you live this way, you're rarely happy. Fools are rarely happy. Fools give up what makes them happy for what they want right now. That's what a fool does. He, he could be happy, but he gives that up for just his momentary wants. The best example I could think of, and forgive me if you're not in my generation, but these are the two best examples I could think of, were Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin. Right? The reason these shows, these guys, are funny, I mean, there's nobody here who'd be like, yeah, I would love to be like them. Right? But the reason it's funny to watch them ruin their lives is because they're fools. Right? The choices they make, they don't think through it. They don't think through their life. They just... Life just kind of happens, and they just kind of deal with it, even though they're doing it to themselves, right? They're choosing what they want instead of what makes them happy. I don't know what, what you know, the, an older generation or younger generation would say, so just th this is what you get with me, okay? And so Paul's saying, don't live like a fool, just going from one distraction to the other. Be wise. Be wise. Think through your time. In fact, wisdom it's more than just knowledge. It's not just knowing stuff. And when Paul talks about wisdom, when the other biblical writers talk about wisdom, they're not just talking about knowledge. They're not just talk, even, even just knowledge about the Bible. That's not wisdom. 
right? I've known a lot of foolish people who know a lot of things about the Bible. That's not wisdom. And so what is he talking about? Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. So think about your life. Don't be foolish. Be wise. See, wisdom is about living thoughtfully. Not just making those knee-jerk choices. It's like, oh, what do I want to do right now? Oh, I don't know. I'll just, I'll just play this game on my phone. Wisdom is thinking through what you choose to do with your time. Wisdom is thinking through what you choose to do with your life. Not just letting life happen around you while you find momentary distractions, but actually taking hold of your day. Wisdom makes the most of every opportunity. He says, make the, make the most of every opportunity. In the, in the Greek, what he's really literally saying is, buy up the time. Buy up your time. See, when you buy something, think about that. When you are buying up the time that you have in your life, when you buy something, you give something up in order to get something you actually want, right? Like, hey, I want this car, so I'm going to buy it, so I give up my money and my time to have this car. You buy it. He's saying buy up the time. See, we only, all of us, the, you know, uh, Steve Jobs, the, the, the people who, who have made a difference, Einstein, all these people had the same amount of time every day as you do. We all have 24 hours in a day. These people who we see doing great things and accomplishing things, they didn't get extra time. We all have the same amount of time, but they chose to do it, use it differently because every minute we choose to spend our time on something at the expense of everything else we could choose to be doing, right? Some of you are sitting there thinking, I chose to come here instead of using my time for the game or for my lawn or to just not be here, right? We are, every minute we are choosing to do what we are doing right then at the expense of everything else we could possibly be doing. And he's saying, be wise, Buy up your time. Take control of your days. Give up what doesn't matter to wisely use your time for what does matter. And why do we need to, why do we need to actually take this step to actually think through our days? Choose to be wise with our time. Because the days are evil, he says. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, meaning it's harmful. Our culture is trying to steal our happiness. Our culture is designed to steal our now. These evil days, that's what he's talking about. Our culture is designed to steal our now. Think about it. We have invented innumerable ways to waste time. We have in, in our phones, I'll keep going that, back to that because that was my example. In our phones, we have more technology than the guys who landed on the moon the first time. And instead of exploring new worlds and, and getting to know, you know, different cultures and that type of thing, what do we do with all of this technology? Well, that card goes there. <laughs> and I could pop that jewel. Yeah. Oh, wow, you went on vacation and I don't get to. Now I don't like you, even though we haven't talked in five years, right? That's what we choose to do with the time we have. We've invented ways to waste our time. Our default mode is simply go from one unimportant task to the other. And sometimes we do it at the same time. You know those two and a half hours every day I was talking to you about with my phone? 
most of the time, I'm watching TV at the same time. Like, we combine ways to waste our hours. That's how good we are at it. And it's not new. Like, Paul's talking about this 2,000 years ago. It's just part of being a human. We want to be distracted. And our cultural norm is to ignore life and foolishly give our time to things that steal our happiness. Like, think about it. For those of you who are near my age or maybe older or younger, when's the last time you got off of Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and like, man, I just feel like a better person now. Whew, I just, oh, that just filled up my cup. You don't, right? You can feel it kind of sucking you dry. But Paul goes on with this wisdom thing. Verse 17. He says, don't act thoughtlessly. Here's his, his other, his second contrast. Don't act thoughtlessly but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Thoughtlessness versus understanding. Don't be foolish. Again, don't be foolish. Don't let life just happen to you. Don't, don't mindlessly float from one distraction to the other, wasting your life. Instead, understand what God wants you to do. And that's wisdom, understanding God. Wisdom allows you to understand God's heart. Wisdom allows you to understand God's heart. Heart. It's not just knowledge about God, not just knowledge of, you know, oh, this is what a church should look like. It's, it's understanding God's heart. And he says, the, the verse says, understand what God wants you to do. Not, not find out what God wants you to do. Not know what God wants you for your life. Because these Jesus followers, they already know what God wants for them. They already know what God wants them to do. If you're a Jesus follower, you know this answer. What does God want us, everyone, to do? Love God and love others. That's it. He, every, every Jesus follower knows what God wants is to love him with everything we are by trusting him. Then love each other as Jesus. We know it, but do we understand it? Do we understand it so deeply that it's a part of us? That it's just who we are? Do we understand the point of it, that it's not about us? And when, when we love others, it's really not just about others. It's about living out what we were designed for, experiencing, enjoying, and sharing God's love. It's living out who, what we were designed to be, imitators or mirrors or... Um, Vessels, that's a good church word, of God's love. That sounds hard, being a vessel of God's love and taking every minute and thinking through and saying, well, am I expressing and enjoying and sharing God's love in this minute? That sounds exhausting. That sounds terrible, kind of, if you think about it. We're having to think about every minute and plan it out. It's like, like we always have to be on. We are always trying to make the most of every minute. And if we don't, we're like, man, you know, there's a long day at work. I just, I just want to watch like a half an hour of a show. Then we feel guilty because, well, that's a half hour I could use for something else. Now, now I'm that fool Paul was talking about. And now I just don't get to enjoy entertainment without feeling guilty. Yep, that's it. See you later. No, that's not what he's talking about. That's not what he's saying. Verse 18, let's go on. Don't be drunk with wine. You're like, what? I thought we were talking about time. Now you're talking about drinking? Welcome to Cross Creek. No, don't be drunk with wine. Notice he doesn't say beer or liquor. Those are okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. We'll get to that. 
But if you don't understand God's heart, that's how you use the Bible, right? There's always loopholes. Not any, we'll get to that. So don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. There's this third contrast, being drunk versus being filled with the Holy Spirit. And just a side note, he is not condemning alcohol. He's condemning drunkenness and consistently, regularly being drunk, being controlled. I mean, think about what better example of wasting your time and choosing what we want right now over what makes us happy than habitual drunkenness. What better example, right, of being, being controlled by something that makes you useless, drinking your days away, being no good to anyone. He says, don't do that. Instead, be filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit who empowers you with God's love, who empowers you with God's wisdom. You can, so that's that contrast, right? You can be consumed and filled up and controlled by alcohol, or you can be consumed and filled up and controlled by God's Holy Spirit. If you want to make the most of every opportunity and enjoy it and enjoy now, Paul's saying then allow the Holy Spirit to fill you and control you. And it's not this mystical ooey-woo thing with the Holy Spirit, right? Where you get zapped and like, okay, now I'm doing with the Holy Spirit. No. How do we do that? How do we be filled with the Holy Spirit? It's, you don't really have to do anything. It's something we allow God to do to us, not something we force. See, if you are a Jesus follower, he has given every person who is a child of God his spirit to live in them and transform them. It's actually what makes a Jesus follower different. And if you're not a Jesus follower here and you're like, that is some weird stuff, I get it. The Holy Spirit is one of the hardest things to understand, I think. And we can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it and you might get it, but in, I, I don't want this to be a, sound like a cop-out. But unless you've experienced it, it's really hard to explain being filled with the Holy Spirit. The, God's, the moment you trust Jesus with your, with your entire life, you are given the Holy Spirit. If you are a Jesus follower, you have the full measure of the Holy Spirit living in you right now. We don't always know that. Sometimes we choose to ignore it. Sometimes we choose to fight it. But we can, if we choose to, work with him. See, it's like you can, if you're, if you're a Jesus follower and you have the Holy Spirit, it's like you're in a kayak in the river. Right? You are in it. You are in the river. You are feeling the current. You can try to fight it and go up, up river. You can try to ignore it and just bash into things. Or you can work with it and enjoy the river, enjoy the ride, enjoy the, the current flowing with you and moving you and guiding you and just taking the natural course of that river. That's the same with working with the Holy Spirit. And so instead of working ourselves to the bone, trying to be that good Christian that you know you always were told you needed to be, we can actually enjoy our now because we understand, we make our lives about what God wants for us. Loving him and loving others. He will guide us into what the wise choice is. And so we can relax and follow his lead. Choosing wisdom allows us to enjoy what matters now. We choose, when we allow the Holy Spirit to guide us and we follow his, his wisdom, it allows us to enjoy, to truly enjoy what matters now. 
And Paul gives us examples of what that's like. Verse 19. It says, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves. See, when we live wisely, we enjoy each other. When we live wisely, we enjoy each other. Hanging out, encouraging each other. Actually, giving life to each other, right? A life-giving relationship. When we live wisely, we enjoy each other. We focus on encouraging, loving each other. Not on what we think will make us momentarily happy because we understand that every day is an opportunity to love others. And when we do that, we're just allowing God and the Holy Spirit to love them through us. And we learn that happiness is more about who than what. Right? You think back on your happiest times. It's not like, oh man, I was so happy because I had this sweet car. I was so happy because I had these nice... No, I was happy. Your happiest times was with people. It was with people you loved. People that were life, a life-giving relationship. Being happy is more about who than what. And when we are wise, we enjoy each other. But he goes on. And making music to the Lord in your hearts. When we live wisely, we enjoy God. We enjoy God. Our mouths, our hearts, our lives sing to him and enjoy just how great he is because we're seeing him work in our lives. We're seeing him work in other people's lives. We are now his. We understand that we are his. We are secure. We are taken care of. We are at peace. And we can trust him no matter what happens. When we live wisely, we can enjoy God. And, verse 20, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we live wisely, we enjoy life now. We actually enjoy life because we are thankful for what we have now, not for, you know, what we hope to have someday, which we can talk about next week, but we are thankful for what we have now. We are thankful for where we are now, what situation we're in now. We are content. See, thankfulness produces contentment. Never know somebody who's just overly thankful, who's like, oh, thank you for this, thank you for that, but I really wish I had, no. They don't because they're focused on what they do have, the gifts they have been given. They are content. They are at peace. They aren't wanting things they can never have or control. They are happy. When we choose to live wisely, we can enjoy life now. And we have, that gives us a life of purpose, of fulfillment, of knowing your life matters because you're using it wisely. You're not just wasting it. You're not just waking up every morning on your phone and going to bed every morning on your phone. There's a point to getting up every morning. Yes, you can enjoy entertainment. Jesus partied. The religious leaders didn't like it very much. He said you can enjoy life and live wisely at the same time. That you can enjoy entertainment, but it's not the focus of your life. Yes, you can relax and rest, but it's not the goal of your life. You're not just working for the weekend. Your life is about something bigger than you. You are an important part of the world around you when you choose to use your time wisely. So how do we do that? What's like some practical ways we can do that and, and like make the most of every t- opportunity? Well, it's, it's easier for me to say it to you than for you to do it, but I'm gonna say it really easily. Ask and act. How do we use our time wisely? Ask and act. How do we actually live this way? Every morning, I have a challenge for you. Just a week, just for this week, right? Whether you... Whether you're sure there's a God or whether you're still questioning, really, you're like, I really doubt there's a God, try this. Actually, that won't work. We're going to get to that in a second. I have to back up. If you are a Jesus follower, I want you to try this this week, okay? If you're a Jesus follower, 
Try this this week. Ask two questions. First question, ask God every morning this week. It's not a question, it's a, it's a request. Fill me with your spirit. Ask him to fill you with your, his spirit every morning. You have it, right? You have, the Holy, you have him. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. Ask that you would be filled with him, that you would, that you would, um, that your choices and your life and your thinking would be filled with the Holy Spirit, that you would be controlled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Say, ask, say ask, show me what you are doing today. Show me what you are doing around me. Don't let me just be this. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Show me what you're doing. Allow me to work with you. Let me be a part of what you're doing in somebody's life today. And give me the will, give me the desire to actually follow through with that, to follow you in that. So ask him, fill me with your spirit, and then ask him, make me wise today. Please make me wise. See, wisdom isn't just something that happens to you. It's not something that you can just force on yourself. It's a gift from God. James, Jesus' brother, says it this way. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. You ever lacked wisdom in your life? Would you say you're more lacking wisdom than having wisdom usually? I know I am. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault. That's a whole message in itself. And it will be given to you. Ask God to give you wisdom. When in doubt of what you should do, don't ask this question. Don't ask, what's the right thing to do? Because then you can find loopholes, you can figure things out. Don't ask that. That's a silly question. Ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do? Ask God for wisdom, and then ask yourself, what is the wise thing to do? And he'll guide you through that. He'll guide you through that decision. So ask, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Ask, make me wise today. And then Act. Act on it. Put the phone down when you're waiting somewhere. It's really awkward now. But I've been forcing myself to do this. I, got to, I went to the doctor on Thursday. I got to have a really fun time with this elderly receptionist lady who had just had the best laugh ever. She was so fun. But if I was just on my phone, I wouldn't have known that. So put the phone down. You never know who you might meet. You never know who a smile at eye contact with might affect Put the phone down. Turn off the news a bit earlier. I'm probably talking to a, a specific generation right now, and that's okay. Turn off the news. You watching that same story for the third day in a row is not going to change the world. You getting upset about what they're doing over there, it's not going to change anything. Turn off the TV. You don't have to watch every game. They're going to play it whether you watch it or not. They're going to win or lose whether you watch it or not. And you can watch the highlights after the kids are in bed. But that's not, that's not the same. Really, you care if you watched, you know, the boring parts and all the commercials instead of hanging out with your kids? Get out of the garage. Get out of the craft room. Interact with some people. You won't miss that episode if you don't watch it tonight. It'll be on Hulu tomorrow. You don't have to binge watch everything. See, the beauty of having Netflix and all that kind of stuff is you can choose to watch it when you want to watch it. You don't have to be glued or tied or chained to their schedule. You don't have to binge watch it constantly. You can actually get out and meet people. Interact with those you love. So how do we be happy now? Ask and then act. Ask to be filled. Ask to be wise. And then choose to act on that wisdom. And if you're not a Jesus follower, you're like, you know what? I'm still checking this out. 
That's awesome. That is why we made this church. That is why we are here. That is why we're trying to do a parking lot. We are here designed for you. A couple of things. Maybe it might be time. I mean, there's still ask and act that you can do. Maybe it's time to ask for the Holy Spirit. You're like, you know what? I get this. I want to be a Jesus follower. Lord, thank you for dying for me. Forgive me. Give me the Holy Spirit for the first time ever. Give me that, that guarantee that I am yours by giving me your Holy Spirit and then let me be filled with him. Maybe you're there to choose to trust Jesus. Don't waste your hours on you know, something that won't last when you're gone. Choose to follow something that will give your life eternal meaning. And so whether you're, maybe you're checking it out, maybe you're not ready for that, ask God to show you he's real. Well, I don't know if there's a God. I don't know if I can trust. Ask him to show you if he's real this week. Show me in some way that you're real. And then act on what he shows you. Ask him to show you he's real and then act on what he shows you. You know what makes every adventure story great? Every movie, every book that has a great adventure in it. You know what makes every hero we look up to and who we want to emulate great? They used their time for what mattered. Think about those stories that just excite you or who you want to be, the person you emulate. They used their time for what mattered, right? No one ever writes a movie or a book about a guy who just sat and watched TV all day and spent all his time in the garage, right? They make dumb cartoons about those types of people. That's not who you want to be. That's not who you try to emulate. See, no one dreams of wasting their life scrolling through news feeds, looking at people trying to make their lives look better than they actually are. When I grow up, I want to look at all my friends from high school who I haven't talked to in 10 years and see how they're pretending their lives are great on social media. Nobody says that. The great stories are about people who wisely gave up what they thought they wanted for now for what truly would make them happy now. Be the hero those around you need you to be. Fill the role that only you can fill. Be the person God knows you are and created you to be. Don't waste your time. Be filled. Be wise. Act now. Because honestly, now is all we have. Use it wisely. We don't have tomorrow. We don't have yesterday. We have now. We can choose to use that wisely and make a difference now. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are a God who cares not just about our future happiness, but our current happiness. That you want us to have lives that are fulfilling and that, are, that make a difference and have purpose. Show us how to be wise this week. Show us that you are real. Show us how to act. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So next week we'll wrap up this series and we'll talk about some future stuff. We did past, present, and now future. So I hope you're there. Bring a friend. It's a great time to bring a friend. Hopefully we might have some better AC, and we will see you next week. Thanks.